0: Welcome to Souls Harbors Weekly Podcast. We believe that God has called us to lead people into a relationship with Jesus Christ, help them grow to be like Jesus, and involve them in reaching lost people. Listen now to this week's message. But I want to preach this morning. I want to share with our entire family. If you are out there today and you've got your phone and would like to do this and know how to turn the volume down, uh, go ahead and jump on Facebook. We One of the things we started doing is asking our family here and our family there to those that want to, to be together on, on Facebook, uh, you guys can see who's out there, comment, and uh, just be engaged with them in the service today. I, I know it's different than church is normal, but guess what? As of about what, February, into February, the world changed. Uh, you can call it better or worse, I don't know, but it's different. Um, but regardless, you know, you know who isn't different? That's, that's it. God is not different. Jesus has not changed. So this morning, I want to preach a message um, that starts with kind of a, a sad story, a, a hard story. Ruthie came home, my wife Ruthie came home uh, from work a week or so ago, and she said, my friend, our friend Brian, who's the, um, the, the head of uh, the facility there, um, had came in the day before and said, my friend was killed in the riots downtown just last night, I think it was the night before. Uh, and he said he had been downtown, he lives downtown, and uh, as he was really nearing his home, there were three men that were attempting to attack and mug some women down there, and he intervened, stepped in, and they shot him and killed him right there on the sidewalk. She told me yesterday, she said her friend Brian had planned on going to the funeral, and it turned out that there was like 2,000 people showed up wrapped around the block to the point I don't even think able to get in uh, to the viewing, I mean. And I tell you that story this morning for this reason. Uh, I, one of the things I, d- I ask myself is, why are we here? Why is, does SHC, Souls Harbor Church, and you all know the church is not the building, right? I think one of the good things that's came out of COVID is that reality. We've come to feel that. We've always known it, but now we kind of feel it. We are, whether we're here or even other places, even on Facebook, we are the church. What? Why are we here? Can I just tell you this morning, we are here because God has pulled us together with a purpose. And that purpose is to be a difference in somebody's life. That difference looks like telling them about a savior that died for them. That difference looks like telling them about a God that cares for them. That difference looks like telling them there is a better way and there is hope. And that, that difference is giving them a promise, and that difference is that difference is loving them. And I think of that tragedy. And that man laying on the sidewalk, and I think, I mean, he's outside of our really our area of influence but i'm going to tell you there's people all over the place that are hurting that are struggling that are coming up against violence because here here's the thing here's what i didn't tell you is and it shouldn't even matter and it really doesn't matter except in this environment maybe it does you know the man that was shot and killed was a black man who had stepped in to stop and this is this is what i felt like god really spoke to me is you know bullets don't know color Hatred doesn't know color. Grief, because there's moms and dads and family members right now that are their, their life, their guts have been ripped out because they've lost somebody they love. Doesn't know color. And we as the people of God, SHC, Souls Harbor Church here in Plainfield, are called to bring hope to people to make a difference in somebody's life. I got a call about three weeks ago or so now from... One of the young ladies that had been a part of our youth group a year and a half or so ago, probably last time I talked to her, and she uh, she called me. She said, "Hey, PB, just called to see what was going on." She was hanging out with another one of the young men that had been back there, um, so we just called to see what was going on. And she's graduated. Hey, how you? What are you doing now? Where you working? You going to college? You getting ready for school? Yeah. And we talked a little bit, and then she stopped and she said, "Do you know my dad died? Do you know my dad died?" And I thought afterwards, and I don't really know, and she may even be listening to this feed, and I don't really know her motivation. It was just good to talk to her regardless. But um, I thought, you know, maybe she just called to let me know, let somebody know, somebody that she knew had a connection with God, that her dad had died. And then last week... I got a call from another member of that group and I hadn't talked to her in probably six months and she said, hey, PB, just want to let you know my uncle died and he was only in his 30s and he left a 13-year-old son and oh yeah, could you come to the viewing? We'd like to have you come. Me and Scotty went up last week and uh, were able to be there for a little bit with the family and I say all that this morning for this reason, folks. Why are we here? And the reason is God, see, I believe this. God has pulled us together for a purpose a reason and I've, I've watched this in the last six years okay uh, and I've, I've actually watched this my whole life god has a way of of subtracting from churches sometimes uh, and we've seen some subtraction in the last six years but he also has a way of bringing people together and many of you have been added in the last six years and some even in the last just handful of weeks and, and i believe he does it for a purpose And that purpose is to find a way to communicate to people there is a God that loves you. There is a Jesus that died for you. There is another way. There is hope. There is promise. It's called the gospel. Y'all with me this morning? Why are we here? And I ask myself, I, I, I say, what can I do? Is there anything I can do? What will I do? What will I do to let people know that? What What are the possibilities? This morning, I want to preach out of Ephesians chapter 4. If you've got your Bibles, um, grab them, open up to chapter 4 of Ephesians, verse 1. And uh, I'm going to read this morning just the first verse, uh, part of the first verse, actually, to you. Uh, And then I I want to pray and then preach for a few minutes. Paul says in Ephesians 4, 1, he says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. And I want to focus in for a minute on that. He, he, he urges us to work worthy of the calling to which we've been called. I want to focus in for a little bit on that idea of calling. We've kind of lost that. Let's take a minute and let's pray. Heavenly Father, I do pray this morning over your word. Ephesians 4 is where we're going to be today. I pray over this message. You've, you've really, this week, burned it in my heart, my mind, And I pray today and I ask you, uh, Lord, help me to communicate this thing. Communicate your word to your people at this time for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. We've kind of lost this whole idea of calling, and there's one area that it still exists a little bit it's baseball. Anybody a baseball fan in this room? Cubs, Cubs fans? Look at that. Yeah, we got some baseball fans. Any thumbs up out there? Any of you Cubs fans, baseball fans? My neighbor, he had an open house for his son yesterday, and my my son was down uh, to see us, and he walked out, and he had a big Cardinals banner in the back, and he's like, oh man, I can't believe that guy likes the Cardinals. Now, if you're a Cardinals fan, take that with a grain of salt, but um, I said, it's okay, because he, he runs a Cubs flag up his pole in the front yard every year, too. I don't know how you can be a Cardinals fan and a Cubs fan, but I guess he is. Or maybe his son's the Cardinals fan. I don't really know what the deal is with that. But um, baseball, I, I I like baseball. I watched my son play baseball. I got interested in that, but I'm not a huge fan. But I'll tell you what I am a fan of, and that's baseball movies. I like baseball movies. And I didn't realize how many there were till I started kind of putting this message together there are a bunch of them but i just want to mention tonight as i talk about this idea or this morning about this idea of calling i just want to mention uh, four of them and and see if you guys these are so much a part of our culture and our world that they actually there are lines that i'll bet you can quote with me um, that, that will will come to your mind when i say these names the first one that i i think of is the baseball movie field of dreams you guys ever see it field of dreams what's the line if you build it, they will come, right? Haven't we all heard that? Matter of fact, that one's so old and so well-known, it's probably had more than one, I know it's had more than one sermon preached around it. You build it, and they will come. Field of Dreams. There's another one out that I really like. It was called A League of Their Own. Have you seen A League of Their Own? The, the women that were drafted into baseball during World War, one of the World Wars, right, when all the men were off fighting World War I. A League of Their Own. Do you remember the line out of A League of Their Own? There is no crying in baseball, right? There is no crying in baseball. If you haven't seen it, you need to go watch the movie. It's hilarious. There is no crying in baseball. This lady, she was not happy. She was being got, and she just just broke down and cried. And the manager didn't know what to do. There is no crying in baseball. Then there is this one. This was my kid's favorite. My grandkids actually watched. This is like multi-generational at this point. Sandlot, any of you ever seen the, the, the movie Sandlot? I love that movie. Sandlot? Now, do, do you know the line out of that? You're killing me, Smalls, right? He knows it. <laughs> we have got a fan. There you go. You're killing me, Smalls. Ruthie used to look at Austin when he was little, and he would be doing something, and she'd just look at him and shake her head and just say, you're killing me, Smalls. And he'd know exactly what she was saying. See, in every one of those movies, and and I'm going to mention another one here in just a minute, in every one of those movies, there's the concept of being called up. Called up to the bigs. Called up the big leagues, right? There's always that moment in the movie where whether you're on the sandlot and and you move into the pros or you're in a minor league, there's always that moment where the the voice, the call, comes from on high. It's usually from a higher power call. to says, hey, we're calling you up to the big leagues. You're coming up. The the idea of called. There's one other movie that I really like, and uh, it's called The Rookie. Have you seen The Rookie? The high school baseball coach had surgery, uh, had played in the minors, wasn't especially great, and then he had surgery on his shoulder, and however, I'm thinking, I need that surgery, however they did the surgery, all of a sudden he came back like in his 40s or 50s, and he was throwing 98 mile an hour fastballs and got drafted and ended up going to a minor league again in his 40s and ended up playing in the major leagues. That was actually based on a true story. There's a line in that movie that I really like, um, and it's when he's talking to his dad about going and playing baseball, and he's wanting his dad to say, yeah, go do it. But his dad said this to him. He said, listen, son, this is what I've always believed. He said, it's okay to go and do what you want to do until it's time to do what you're meant to do. That right there, listen to me, that right there is the heartbeat of being called. It's realizing that you have a purpose. God made you for a purpose. There is a purpose to your life. A reason God made you the way he did, the reason he put you in the family he did, the reason he allowed you to go through the life you've gone through, you have a call upon your life. And I believe we're all called. We've kind of got this idea about called, that it's a mystical thing nowadays. We almost have this idea that unless there's angels that pop in and speak to us and talk to us, or there's a halo, or there's a, a, a fall on my face unconscious moment, that it's not really a calling. And certainly those have happened. You read the Old Testament and you see those. Paul's call on the Damascus Road was an ex- example of that. Those do happen, but you know what? I think those are probably the exception and not the rule. And be, but because we think they're the rule, we think, yeah, I've never had that experience, therefore I must not be called. But I'm saying to you this morning, you, you read Paul's words in Ephesians 4, walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. Do you know who that's to? That's not to pastors and preachers and evangelists and prophets. That is to the church at Ephesus. That's to all of us. We're called. We're called. See, I believe this about the calling. I think we've misund- misunderstood sometimes what it means to be called. Um, certainly there are those callings for pastors, preachers, evangelists, missionaries. I'm not denying or, or questioning that. But maybe the call that we all have is, I believe it's embedded in our personality. The way God made you. Some of you like certain things, some of you like other things, some of you like this, some of you like that. I believe, and and you say, Pastor Barry, I don't know what God's called me to. Well, let me tell you how you can maybe begin to figure out what your call might be. It's probably so embedded into your personality and so much of the passion that consumes you that if you look into your history, you look into your present, you look into your future, you're going to find that thing that God's called you to. You you say, Pastor Barry, what do you mean? Well, I, I mean this, if you look into your past, probably there's something that throughout your whole life you've been somewhat passionate about. You look into your present, and, and each and every one of you, you have jobs, you have responsibilities, and we all do that. You've got to mow grass, and you got to do all those things. But each and every one of us has downtime, we have free time, we have pastime, And probably, if you want to find that thing that you're called to, what is it when you have a little bit of your own time that you're passionate about going and doing? That's probably your call. Probably is you, you look into your future, if there's something in your life that you think, you know what, if I could live my life any way I wanted, or when I retire, this is what I'm going to do, when you find that thing, you probably have a pretty good idea what your call might be. Now here's the thing, we, we think of calls as these big um, mystical calls. Uh, called to be a missionary in Africa. And again, I believe in that. I'm not I'm not downing that. I, I, I believe people are called to that. There's nothing wrong with that. But I'm going to tell you, some of you, you know what you're called to? It, it's things as we would almost call them mundane. It, it's some of you called to cook. You get passionate about cooking. I always say I'm called to eat. <laughs> I get passionate about eating. But that, I, that's probably not a real thing there. That's probably not God's call. That's probably more my belly's call. But some of you are called to do things like um, coach basketball or just coach kids. You just love coaching kids. You, you're called to coach. Some of you are called. Um, I, Ruthie's called to clean. Now you say you're just saying that because you're you're her husband and you like a clean house. Well, I do like a clean house, but I'm going to tell you. You watch her after she runs that vacuum and dust and cleans and gets the house all looking. She's got a sparkle in her eyes. She's excited. She's so excited. It's just crazy. Well, I, when we dated, I'd go pick her up. We were in our teens. I'd go pick her up at her job. She'd get off about midnight. I'd bring her back to her mom and dad's house, and she'd come in, and her boyfriend's sitting there on the couch. That was me. I wasn't bringing her back to another boyfriend. And we'd, she'd, I'd sit on the couch, and she'd go and clean her mom's house been in her history her life her present Uh, she's probably got a dream that someday I'm going to retire and I get to clean all day long my house and it's going to be no she's shaking her head no (laughs) some of you are called to do things like sales you can just sell anything some of you are called to accounting because the idea of numbers and adding them all up and making those lines work makes my head hurt but some of you get excited about that you know what some of you are called to do you've probably never had anybody tell you this in your life before you some of you are called They call it the gift of gab, but it's actually a call of God. You just didn't know it. You're called to talk because you can walk up to anybody, any place, any time, a complete stranger, and you can talk with them and have a conversation with them and care about them and get to know them. And some of you are called to talk, and some of you are called to listen because just as powerfully you can take somebody you've never known before or somebody you do know, and you can sit down and listen to them, and when they walk away, they walk away thinking, wow, they really did care. You understand what I'm saying? What is your purpose in life? What is your call? Because this is the thing. God has called us as Souls Harbor, called us here to do something, to make a difference, to to bring hope and promise in Jesus to people that they listen to me. The world needs help right now. Right? That's why we're here. That's our purpose see, to be called is to recognize that the thing God has made you passionate about is to be used for his glory, to bring his kingdom to people, to make a difference in someone's life. And and the brilliance of God is he pulls all of us together with all kinds of different passions and different callings and puts us in the same place and joins us together in a relationship with him and each other and says, make a difference for my glory because some like to talk and some like to listen and some like to cook and some like to eat and some like to clean and i'm not sure if making a mess is a calling but some of you might have husbands that you kind of feel maybe it is i don't know i don't know Do you understand what i'm saying this morning the power of called. i talk about off and on lakeville i've had two instances in my life where i was privilege to be a youth pastor in a church in a youth group where God just stepped in and I was able to just see God do something incredible and Lakeville was the last one and and it was about six years ago before I came here to be your pastor and um, we saw we saw hundreds of kids come into this little church in this little town of town was 600 people church was about um, 60 was a pretty decent-sized week and we saw hundreds and hundreds of kids come on Wednesday and I like to think it was because I was this incredible charismatic um, preacher youth pastor and and I did the best I could but I I know my limitations and and do you know what really allowed that to happen can I just tell you it was a guy by the name of Rod he was one of the men he's about my age real close to my age but every week he would come in and he didn't really like to He was not one of the talkers, but he he would come in and he would set himself behind the uh, sound booth and in front of the computer, and every week he would come in and he would have a video ready to go. He would run words and lyrics and lights, and he made it a special evening because that was his calling. He was passionate about that. Do you you know why Lakeville was what it was? It's because we had our senior pastor, I was the youth pastor, our senior pastor there, he was at a place in life where he was able and willing and passionate about, he would go out every week and get into the van, it was a minibus, and he would drive that van, and I drove up on drug deals, I drove into the hood, I I drove, we drove past the biker gangs, we drove past the gay bars, we picked up kids all over the city of South Bend, and Pastor Rick did the same thing, but I, I drove one, he drove the other, but Pastor Rick's was the one that I once or maybe twice, he's the one that had to stop at the stoplight in the middle of a four lane highway and go to the back of the van and break up fights between kids that we had just brought to church to tell about Jesus. He did it every week, week after week after week, because he was passionate about it. It was a calling. And probably my favorite person of the whole whole group, the guy I liked the most, the guy that was the biggest help to me, it was a guy by the name of Arlen. Now, Arlen's passion was this. It's going to seem kind of goofy, kind of silly, unless you've ever worked in kids or youth ministry. Arlen loved games. He would get excited about games. He planned games. I watched this guy bring in chairs, and trash cans, and two-by-fours, and two-by-sixes, and garden hoses, and rope, And, and I watched him go and buy stuff, and every single week, this guy would show up with a new game, a new thing that we could take a bunch of kids out, and we could let them do for about 10 or 15 minutes before we took them in to to preach about Jesus to them, and, and and you would talk to Arlen, and he had things planned out like four weeks ahead of time. When I came down here, I said, Arlen, will you send me all your games? The guy sent me a three-ring binder. It was like that thick, okay, of all of the games he had pulled together over the last several years, and and, and every week he did that, and what happened in Lakeville is what, what God does in every church that that, that is Stepping into his calling, he took people with different passions, different callings, and he pulled them together to work the same direction, and he touched lives and made a difference. Paul puts it this way in Ephesians, Ephesians 14, 6, and I want to just read this to you this morning. I'm going to pull out a piece of it. He says this, the body works best when each part is working properly properly. It makes the body grow so that it builds up in love. This is the brilliance of God. He knows that the body, the church, works best whenever, when, whenever each part is working properly. When, when you that are called to speak or to talk, you that are called to teach, you that are called to do games, you that are called to do this, and you are, when we all work together, that's when the body is the most effective. See, that's when we begin to live up to what God has put us here for, and that is to make a difference in people's lives. But the challenge is this, and this is the way so many churches operate. There's people with all kinds of callings, and they're all many times willing, but they're all pulling so many different directions, they never truly accomplish anything for the kingdom. And I, I want to read you just two more verses here, Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. Um, and I want you to see this. Um, Paul says this, he says he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and that could be pastors, And teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry for building up the body of Christ. See, God calls pastors and evangelists and prophets and teachers in order to take the saints, and and we kind of got a bad idea about saints, okay? We've got this idea that saints are, well, first of all, saints are dead, right? That's what we usually think. Saints are dead, and we usually think of saints as some supernatural, um, you know, walked on water kind of person. But can I tell you what a saint really is? If you look at the original Greek word that gets translated saint, it simply means this. Devoted to God. And if you're sitting here this morning and you are devoted to God, whether you realize it or not, you're a saint. And Paul says, I give pastors, preachers, evangelists, teachers to equip the saints. I I believe part of what he's saying there is I I I put you in a place of leadership to speak to the calling of the people that are there to serve and to help them all get headed in the same direction and to step into my purpose for the church, which is to make a difference in the lives of young men and young women that are struggling with grief in hardship, in sin, in addiction, in pain, and don't know what to do with their lives? Are you hearing me this morning? Right? You guys still out there on Facebook? If you are, are give me a thumbs up. Let me know that you're, uh, you're still out there. I haven't seen a movement in a while. I haven't seen any of the comments scroll. So and if you all want to fool me, you can just throw a thumbs up that are in here. Then I'm preaching to you twice, and I don't even know it until I look later and start to figure it out, right? I had Pastor Duke preach a few weeks ago for us, um, several weeks ago, about kids' ministry at another church we had been at years ago. And I, I asked him, I said, listen, I, I need you to go back, Pastor Duke, and I need you to preach that message you preached 35 years ago. Um, I know you remember the one. It, it was the one you preached that, w- that was about if you want to get God's attention, then you have to, to begin to love and reach those that God cares the most about, and that's kids. And uh, he said, yeah, I don't remember it, but he said, I'll make it up. It'll be okay. I'll make it up. And he did. But our time at that church, and this was 30-some years ago, God spoke to a truck driver. I don't know how he did it. I, I, don't, I don't know what the history was. I don't know what the background was. I don't know how he got there. But God spoke to a truck driver, and, and throughout his life and his experience and his personality said to him, you know what, you're a truck driver now, but your passion, your calling is to be a clown. And this guy, Dan Norick, he would dress up as a clown week after week after week. And God spoke to somebody else in that church and said, "I, I don't. Your calling is to get behind the wheel of one of those great big yellow." school old school buses and drive that thing every week that's your calling and he said somebody else you're calling somebody that had the gift of of talking it's to get up every saturday morning and to go out and to knock on doors in the trailer park we were reaching into and, and get to know moms and dads and just say hi to them and just show up and just be friendly and see if their kids want to come to church the next day and out of that out of that we saw multitudes of kids their lives changed which is the purpose of the church they say, Pastor Barry, I don't really like where this is going right now because I know where you're going to end this up is is asking us all if we'll go out on Saturdays and begin to knock on doors and get kids to come to church. And so let me just tell you, that's probably not the direction that we're going to go in 2020 because you all are a lot like me. And when I'm sitting in my living room and somebody rings my doorbell, I just cringe. I just go, ugh. <laughs> is that anybody? Am I right? And I look at Ruthie and Ruthie looks at me and she's like, you're the man of the household, you go answer it. It's like, I believe in equal lib. Why don't or, or equal rights? Why don't you go answer? And she's like, no. <laughs> you go answer. I I don't know that going and knocking on doors in 2020 is the answer, but my point is this: God has given every single one of us a call, a purpose, a passion, a talent, a gift, something we can do, and as we do. Hold them together in the same direction. God will still, to this day, use his church, which his church isn't the building, it's not the organization, to reach those that are hurting, those that need Jesus, those, you all with me this morning, right? I believe that. You see, I have a dream. My dream is this, that SHC, Souls Harbor Church, as a people, we, we become a people that uses all of our callings to help others all people find God, but especially the young and the youth who are the most open. You know, let me me just give you a statistic, okay? Can you all take a statistic? Can I give you one this morning? 80% of people that ever in their entire life come to know Jesus Christ as Savior, 80%, 8 out of 10, will do it before they're the age of 18. Only 20% of people that ever become Christians become Christians after the age of 18. Does that surprise you? Does that shock you? It did me when I first heard it, but then I thought, yeah, it kind of makes sense, because when you're young, you're open to new ideas, you're not too deep into your ways, and you're willing to, right? But that also says something to me, that there is a place, a need, a desperate need to reach those that God cares so much about, right? Say, Pastor Barry, does that mean you don't care about people that are over 18? Absolutely, it does not mean that. Does it mean we don't go after people that are over 18 that don't know Jesus? No, because 20% do come to know Jesus after 18. I'm not saying that at all, but I'm saying God has called us to reach the most vulnerable and, and the most open to the gospel. Let me just talk this morning. That's kind of the end of where I really wanted to go with the sermon. So let me just talk about Souls Harbor for a minute. I mean, this is part of the sermon, but let me just talk about our next stages of opening. We've gone to the reopen and having our Sunday morning service, but let me just tell you where we're going to go from here and how and why. And we're going to continue to reopen in stages, okay? Um, We've just decided to do that. Uh, Let me me give you one more story before I, I, I go there. A few years ago when I was really heavily into reading a lot of business books, leadership books. Um, I I remember coming across this story, and it was a story of a manager, true story of a manager that had taken over uh, a factory kind of setting, and he was responsible for the bottom line in the entire factory. And He came in, and first year, he had a really nice profit. Second year, he had a really nice profit. Third year, he had a really nice profit. Fourth year, I think he had a really nice profit, and then he quit. Fifth year, another man came in and stepped into his role. And the fifth year, his profit was like break even. Sixth year, it was down. Seventh year, it was down. And they begin to ask, what is going on? Why is this guy struggling so bad? Do we need to fire him? Do we need to find somebody else? What's the problem? And then when they begin to actually dig into the books and dig into what was going on, what they found out was this, this initial manager, the reason he had such a great bottom line was he never repaired equipment. He never replaced worn out equipment he never took care of maintenance, he never did any of the things that had to happen, money that had to be spent just to keep the factory moving along long term in a healthy way, and after about four years of a really good profit, all begin to collapse and fell on the next guy. Does that make sense? Can I tell you, we as a church, and I shared this with the directors, I've shared this with the directors, and I've shared it with the staff, we as a church pre-COVID, we had a problem. We were in a tough place, and COVID came along and allowed me to kick the can down the road and figure out, God, how do you want us to handle this? And the problem was this. For the first time in six years of being here, guys, I had hit a point on a Wednesday where I had nobody at all available for the first time to step in and take care of our kids on a Wednesday night. We talked to everybody that had done it in the past, everybody that was available to do it we had maybe one other person we could have talked to and then COVID hit and i just said you know what we're going to step back and figure out where we go from here for the last four years ruthie has been taking care of our kids church on sunday morning and doing a a great job with that um i think our kids and i think your kids and i I, you i think you would confirm this love to come to kids church it's it's a it's a lot of fun they hear about jesus it's an exciting time but for four years she's not able been able to sit in a service for four years on Sunday morning. She's not been able to be fed. And that's not healthy. You say, Pastor Barry, wh- why is that? Are people just they don't care anymore? Are they not committed? So can I just tell you, because I, 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 I've asked myself that question, and I, I I've wrestled with it a, a time or two, so I'm just going to be honest with you. I have. But here's the reality. Um, when I came, we are a church of about 120 or 130 people. Right now we run about 80 90 on a Sunday morning. So that's you know that's almost a 20 that's about a 20% 25% drop in attendance. So that makes a difference, right? I mean it just does. I I look at our congregation and we've got a number of people that for many years they were Pastor Barry, I'm there, I will do that and they did it, but you know they've hit a place where they're retiring. And some of them just hit the place to say, Pastor Barry, you know, when I was 35, I was really okay getting on the floor and wrestling around with the kids. It was a lot of fun. But now that I'm 65, it ain't so much fun anymore. Matter of fact, it hurts. And Pastor Barry, if you don't help me, um, there's going to come a day where I might not get up off the floor, right? And at 54, I get that. I understand that. And, you know, there's also just the piece of it that that this is the reality. We live in a different culture today. 2020 is different than it was just 20 years ago, 10 years ago. Work is 24-7, seven days a week. Nobody even thinks of taking a Sunday or a Wednesday off as far as just out there. School, sports are 12 months out of the year. If your kids are involved in any activities, I remember as a kid, and I remember even raising my kids, um to the the biggest degree it was just kind of understood in our town that wednesdays were church night and you let kids out of out of out of sports and school at a certain time so they could get to church and sundays nobody ever had anything on sunday it's we're in a different world a different culture now listen you can say well those moms and dads just ought to take a hard line and they just ought to tell their kids you just can't do that stuff well here's the way i approach that you you raise yours, and let them raise theirs, and let's not be too judgmental, because if you didn't live through what they lived through, then, right? I mean, that, that, that's fair. And at the end of the day, they stand before God, you don't. And, and, and my kids come along at about a time where it was becoming a challenge, so we, I, I fought a little bit of that battle, but it's gotten a lot worse in the last handful of years. So all of those things matter. All of those things come into place. All of those things are something we've got to take into account, and we got a problem. And I said last week, I I like to fix problems. Or at least I don't like problems to hang out there. I like to find a fix. Um, and as we get ready to move forward, I want to do it in a way that brings excellence. You can say amen there. That would be okay. Or you can give me a thumbs up if you're out there, okay? We do it with excellence. We do it in a way where we don't wear out our volunteers and wear out those that, are, that really do love people and really do care. We don't wear them out. We let them be fit. Listen to me. Let me just... I'm not going to give any specifics, but I'm going to tell you, in the, last, in, in the last years, I've had too many experiences with people that I, I saw them get to the place, the only time they were in church was to serve, and I watched them become hard and angry and dry and walk away, and it never ends well. That's not right. That's not right so we put some things in in our next reopen and I'm watching my time here I may have to ask you guys forgiveness I I I held the other group over five minutes actually it was seven but I wasn't going to tell you that it was five but then I thought that wouldn't be right I'm not gonna lie Um, it's being recorded they would absolutely know right seven minutes I'm gonna try to get you all out with five but will you give me five extra minutes today and if I promise not to make it a habit (laughs) my wife's laughing How do we how do we fix this i thought a year and a half ago maybe it's time to begin to think of two services and at the time it was so anti-cultural so opposite of what you're supposed to do unless you're a church of 200 or more and i just pushed it back and said that at the time isn't right although i really struggled with that because by going to two services it would solve some of our difficulties and then covid came along and here we are We ask in our questionnaire that we sent out weeks and weeks ago, how many of you would be willing to sit one and serve one? Sit during one service and then serve one service. And I was pleasantly surprised that like 80% of you said, Pastor Barry, I would love to do that. I would be willing to do that. I would love to sit one, serve one. And I think that's part of our answer. We're going to reopen Sunday's. 1st and August 5th or August 2nd, let me get the date right, August 2nd, whatever that first Sunday in August is, is going to be our first open. And I'll tell you why we're pushing it out that far here in just a second. That's, that's one piece of it. Serve one, sit one. Another piece of it is we've gone to one hour service. And listen, I know some people struggled with Pastor Barry, we can't really have church in one hour. God can't move in one hour, and can I just tell you that we're finding out that the presence of God in in a worship service where people really come in and are hungry for God, the presence of God will, does, and has this week, last week. We've seen him show up and do a work. There's time for prayer. There's time for preaching. We can make it work. God's not constrained by our constraints, right? So we're looking. We've gone to this one-hour service. Um, And the other part of it is length of commitment. There was a day when you could say, you know, 12 months, I'll give 12 months, I'll do this for a whole year, but now it's like I can give you three, but the next three, my kids got baseball and I can't do it, and the next two, I could be in, but the next three, I can't. So what we've done, and and let me just do this, and I'm going to step off camera here for these guys on Facebook, we have put together these um, cards and they're on they were on your seats this morning and guys out there on Facebook they're online you can you can get to the link through Facebook you can go to our webpage and what it does was allow you to let us know I would be interested in attending one serving one um, that would be the first part. And then it asks you, would you like, to, would you be willing to do that in the nursery or the kids' church in the back when we reopen? Then beyond that, it's I would prefer to, to make it an ongoing thing because here's the deal. I know some of you guys, you're going to get back there with these kids and you're going to see what God is doing in the hearts of these little kids and you're going to get so excited. You're going to say, Pastor Barry, I could spend the rest of my life back here running the tech, running the sound, running the computer. I could spend the rest of my life back here. I will do it all year as long as you need me. And that's fine, that's awesome. But some of you are going to say, Pastor Barry, I love what God's doing, but I can only give you two months and then I need a break for two months and then I can come back. So just let us know, two months, three months, ongoing or, or, or a year at a time, and, and then your name. And if you'll do that, it lets us begin to make that planning for our reopen the first of August. The other part of it is, because here's the thing, I know that some of you are going to say, Pastor Barry, I really am not interested in this because kids just aren't my thing. Nursery isn't my thing. Don't let that stop you from filling this out. Because we want to engage you within your calling. Some of you say, I, I'm not about, I just, I, I can't get down and wrestle around on the floor, but maybe you can make snacks once a month. Is there any kid here that doesn't like sugar? And nothing Ruthie likes better than getting them all hopped up on sugar in kids' church and then sending them home with you guys. Right? Right? right. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you could make snacks. He's Pastor Barry, I, I, I can't teach, but maybe you could go and sit at the end of a row and, and just be a friend of a couple boys that got um, attitudes, right? Or actually, it's probably the girls that have drama, but whichever way it goes. Or, or maybe you could sit behind a computer screen and help us put videos on. Do you understand? Maybe you'd be the person that would say, you know what, well, I, I can't do any of that, but I would be willing to come in on a Thursday and help build props and build things out back there for the service, or maybe I could get together those games, maybe, maybe you could be Ruthie's Arlen, right, and it's not, it's not just, I asked her the other day, I said, Ruthie, give me your dream team, give me your dream team, and she threw up uh, this list, list of, and I'm describing some of them, job description, and it was somebody to teach, somebody to, to help with crowd control, somebody to help the crazy kid with the big glasses looking at the computer screen, and teach him how to use the computer, somebody to run sound, somebody to help put together games, somebody, somebody, somebody to run a small group. There's all kinds of ways you can be engaged. Some would be involved in Sunday. Some would be involved afterwards cleaning. Some would be involved in preparing before. There's all kinds of ways you could be involved if you would be interested in doing that. And we also need the same kind of thing in the nursery. Some of you, um, you know, you're ready to love the little babies, but I'm gonna be honest with you. If you love the little babies, you also have to change the little babies' diapers. You guys can't see this. It's on the screen. It's actually in the PowerPoint if you're interested in downloading it that we put out there. I believe it's working. I believe it is. Um, and you know what? Every. Do you see the kid on the right there? That's every kid ever sometime. And you know what you do when they have that moment? Do you know? You take a really deep breath, and you love them like crazy. Because they do. They all have that <gasps> Moment. That's what I'm asking you this morning. Let me, let me, I, I, let me finish this up. Let me, just, let me talk about these last few things, very specific things. August, um, is it 2nd? Is that really where we're at? August 2nd, is that first Sunday? you say that's way out, Pastor Bray. we're not rushing into this, let's do it right, let's do it slowly, let's engage you as volunteers, let's make you a part of this, there's going to be, what we're planning on doing right now is doing some training on the 19th of July and the 26th of July, that's the two weeks prior, so we'd come in first service, those of you that are going to serve and sit and serve, you would come in first service, and uh, we would pull you out one of the services and help you with some training, because COVID's still a thing, so now nursery's got to take into account COVID, working with kids has to take into account COVID, so we would help you with those things if you want some training on, on um, you know, I, I joke about sugar, but what kind of snacks to make or training on how to run a computer, that would be the time we could do some of those things. So we're putting it out a little ways for that reason. Um, the way this would end up flowing is this second service. So the service you all are in now would be the service where we have a staffed nursery. It would be the service where we have Kids for Christ, our kids' church. It would be the service where we're going to start something brand new, and that is, it would be we're going to do a, a small, a youth small group. You guys don't listen to this because it's uncool, but it's youth Sunday school. It's a time to pull our kids, our our teenagers, our junior hires aside, let Pastor Scotty go and sit down with them and talk about God stuff in a small group setting on a Sunday because we're still not having Wednesday yet. So here's the way it could work. First, First service then, we would have the nursery open but we, it wouldn't be staffed. You could just go in there and change a baby. We wouldn't have kids church first service. Um, we, we wouldn't have youth group first service. So here's the way it could roll, and, and you will have to figure out what works for you based on your family, your circumstances, the age of your kids, or whether you have kids at home. So it might look like this. Adults with no children at home, they may come in and attend first service, sit first service, and then they may serve second service could look like that it could like look like this adults with teens the family may come in together and attend first service but then the teens may go to the youth small group for the second service and mom and dad or mom and dad or mom or dad could go back and help serve in the kids church Uh, it could look like this adults with kids the family may come in and attend first service and the whole family may go to kids for christ's second service and adults serve and kids go back and have fun um it may be like this adults with babies maybe your whole family including your baby comes in and attends first service and then your baby goes to the nursery and you go help help second service or there's a whole lot of different scenarios that could work you've got to figure out what works to, for, for you and your family it may be a couple says you know what i can serve but i think he's going to go ahead and take the little baby home it could be something like that there's a lot of ways it could work we just need you to think through so it would be a 10 sit one serve one does that make sense and I ask you to be patient with us as we work out the details of this. this. This is brand new for us. This is a new thing. We've put a lot of thought into it, but it's a new thing. Um, l- let me just end with this, okay? Because some of you are going to say, Pastor Bray, what about Wednesdays? Um, i got 60 seconds, and I'm going to hit that seven-minute mark. And I can't hold you longer than first service, or it won't be fair. can't have that. For the present time, we're going to continue not having Wednesdays at, at, at this point. Um, We are going to continue with our Wednesday Bible study online. And for those of you that tuned in last week and saw the nightmare that it was, on, kicked off, on, kicked off, trust me, we're doing our best to figure that out, work it out, and get a better connection. We had real issues Wednesday night, guys, and I apologize for that. Uh, This is not the week I wanted to stand up and say we're going to continue with Bible study online uh, after Wednesday night's challenge, but um, we we can work through that. All I know to do is you get up and you go at it again, and we're going to do that. Um, We're going to hold on reopening Wednesdays in the Cove right now. We we, we will open them some point in the future. We just don't quite know exactly when that will be. It's something that is absolutely a matter of prayer. but let's get this in place well, strong, and then we'll move on to that next step. See, I have a dream, and I talked about the dream for kids, but can I tell you what the dream would be for youth and for for adults, and and I don't know that this is ultimately the way we'll go, but I'm just going to tell you my dream, and and, you know, they say a dream is just a dream until you put plans to it, and then it becomes a vision, so this is my dream, and this is what my vision could look like, okay, and it would be Wednesday nights. Sundays are kids, and we pour ourselves into kids um, uh, in, in the back for that second service. We still have adult service up here, okay, it's not like everybody just just goes back there we still have a service for you all as well those that 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 maybe aren't involved in that but wednesday nights become about youth And what we do for kids on Sunday, we could do for youth on Wednesday. And some of you may decide, you know what? I don't want to sit one on Sunday and serve one on Sunday, but I would love to come and serve one on Wednesday and sit one on Sunday. I'd love to to come and serve on Wednesday, but I would like to just then not serve on Sunday, just come and sit in a service. And that would be awesome. We could see that happening. And and here's what's going to happen. Some of you that are going to get engaged in this, in in kids ministry, youth ministry, other areas of ministry, your small group, adults, your small group is going to become those that you serve with. You're going to become really close to them they're going to become your best friends you're going to pray for one another and care for one another some of you're going to say come come and say pastor barry listen i would love to serve and i would love to sit on sundays but i don't have another night of the week to come together for my own small group so i can't do that but i would be willing to listen online to a 20-minute bible study once a week kind of like we're doing now that would be an option some of you are going to come to me and say pastor barry listen I, i would be willing to sit one i would be willing to serve one but i still got to have my friends I gotta have people I can look eyeball to eyeball with, okay? I gotta have people that I can sit down and give a hug to once we can actually hug again. I need a small group, and, and, and that could be awesome as well, because maybe that happens on a Thursday, or maybe it happens on a Sunday evening, or maybe it happens on a Tuesday, or maybe it happens in a different format. Maybe it's men coming together on a Saturday for a breakfast. Maybe it's women deciding, you know what, maybe we need to get a small group and go walk together. And, but, and, and, and you say, well, that's not very spiritual. Well, here's the thing. Regardless of what the small group looks like, there's got to be a moment of, of devotions or Bible study. Emphasis could be different. So that small group that's going to go walk, they, they, they take a moment, and they, they spend five minutes in God's Word, and there's got to be spiritual care. So maybe those ladies that get together to walk, they just stop and say, hey, is there anything we can pray about and, and pray for one another? There's spiritual care, there's got to be spiritual growth, there's got to be those three things, and they can all fit into different formats. You say, Pastor Barry, that's a lot. It is a lot, and I don't know what it's ultimately going to look like. God's still building all that out. But what I'm asking you this morning to do, if you if you would stand with me, Is this, and I'm asking you guys out there as well, and I really would love to have you guys be involved as well and and connect with some of these cards online. Here's what I'm asking you this morning to do before we we let you out of here. I shared with you my dream, and I shared with you my vision. And what I'm asking you today is will you share that with me? Will you share the dream? Will you share the vision? Will you help us be the church that actually makes the difference in lives of people that are hurting and desperate and need help? Will you share it? Can I get you to bow your heads for just a moment? If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor Barry, I don't know exactly how I fit in, but absolutely, I want to make a difference, and I want to share this dream, share this vision. Would you just slip your hand up and hold it there for just a moment? And then you can pull it right back down. I just want to see. I just want to see. Thank you. Let me pray over you this morning. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for those of our family that are with us here in the sanctuary and those that are with us online. And I pray today, God, as you take us into these next steps of reopening, that you would guide and direct us, that you would work within us, that you would use us to make a difference. God, use us to make a difference for the kingdom of God and the glory of God. And I pray, God, that you give us wisdom. And give us insight into how to make this help happen in a healthy way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Love you guys. Hey, listen, have an awesome afternoon. You guys too. And uh, I hope you will connect with us on Wednesday for Bible study. God bless. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you're looking for a church home or are interested in what God is doing through Souls Harbor, visit us at www.soulsharborag.com. If you have an encouraging story of what God has done in your life through these podcasts, please share it with us at sharbor at indy.rr.com.